you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 24 of The Tech Box. I'm Richard Yates and this evening I'm joined by James. Good evening, James. Good evening. How are you doing? I am good, thank you. Still hot. Amazing weather. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving this weather. I look down, all the grass is yellow and balding and I think this is good. This is exactly how it should be. I'm always hot and sort of clammy, dare I say, and I think that's great. We yeah. never have it like this, no, so I'm I'm enjoying it. It's very unusual, isn't it? I, I have to say I enjoy it a lot more on the days when I'm working at home in, in a T-shirt and shorts than days when I'm wearing a suit and have to wear a tie, which, yes. which I did have two days of last week and didn't really very much enjoy. And tomorrow, tomorrow is a real high day for me. I get to spend the whole day with two inspectors of taxis in an office wearing a tie. But, you know, other than that, yeah, really good. Great. Love the, <laughs> love the weather. Can't, can't knock it. But long may it continue. Yes, I think it's going to cool off a little bit into the weekend, but I think it's still looking pretty good, and next week's still looking pretty good, so yeah, fabulous. I think Monday, Monday, the temperature's really going to ramp up, as far as I can gather. They were talking about oh. 32, 33, so, you know. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So anyway, what are we going to talk about this week? So, there's probably a few things that we can have a little natter about. Hmm. I can tell you about my new phone, my new old phone. Your new old phone. Go on then, what have you got? So, you know that I was a big fan of the V30. Yeah, absolutely. Once I got it. And I, to be honest, I anticipate being a big fan of the G7, even though we got Andy on and he slated it. Um, I'm still predicting that I will like that, because if there's one thing that's slightly wrong with the V30, it's slightly too thi- uh, wide. Uh, and the G7 being a little bit thinner, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. So... The phone that I've got is a nice sort of purpley pink, uh, 128 gig dual SIM V30. Aha. V30 or V30 Plus? Ah, well, V30 Plus, yes. Yeah. It's a, a V30 Plus Think or ThinQ, I Think, guess, to give it its proper yeah. nomenclature. Yeah, yeah, th- th- the ThinQ. Yeah, I, well, I, I have to say it's a good phone, don't I, since I have a Moroccan blue one. Ah, um, uh, yes. And, uh, and yeah, it, it is a very nice phone. I, actually, funny enough, I agree with you, actually. They're very slightly narrower. Sa- Samsung actually pulled a, a real stroke there, didn't they, when they bought out the, um, the Galaxy S8 and, and slightly changed the form factor of phones. And, and it's interesting that the, the iPhone ten again, it's very slightly narrower yeah, than before. Yeah. And it's so much more comfortable as a result. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah I, I do know exactly what you mean and and as far as Andy's concerned well you don't need to worry about him because he's probably being eaten by a crocodile at the moment or something that's like that That's it yeah it's been his opinion has been nullified by yeah, the fact yeah, that he's but, been eaten Well there are so many so many vicious Australian animals that might kill him Yeah that, it could uh, be anything know, that takes him out could Yeah it? yeah I mean he's you know even a platypus has got a poisonous barb on it so uh, Yeah yeah, you better watch out for those frilled lizards, Andy, if you're if you're still around to listen to this. No, so I agree with you. I I I must admit I quite fancy the G7, but then that's usually my problem. I fancy far too many phones, and then I never remember to sell them. So yeah, so the prices the prices are tumbling gradually on that uh, G7. So eventually yeah. it will become a bargain, and yeah. you can get this dual SIM V30 now for. I think I saw it for three sixty. Wow! This is this is why I never sell them because I, I look at it and I think oh, it's hardly worth selling it. And of course exactly. It but but you just think yeah, but I'm still getting fun out of this, and and, and yeah. then you get then you get left with a great phone. I mean, I've got on my phone now the twin dual SIM um, 
I can't remember which red it was called now, but the the HTC U11. And you know, I still love this phone. The screen yeah. is beautiful. It's fast. Takes a good picture. The Google camera works on it. It's a lovely phone. I can't bring myself yeah. to get rid of it. And really, I ought to. It's going to be completely worthless by the, by the time I'll finish with it. But maybe there'll be lineage for it presently or something like that. But it's it's just such a lovely device. But So, no, I completely understand why you would buy a G7. Because, so, like, like you, the form factor is just a little bit better, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think the brilliant thing about the HTC is that um, touch response and the constant frame rate that you get with an HTC and with a Pixel that makes it really engaging to use, exactly like using an iPhone. Well, yeah. not exactly like, but very similar, similar to using an iPhone where it, it tracks all of your motions really closely. And, of course, that's probably the one of the one weaker points on the LG. Whilst it has a fantastic haptic engine, all the taps are nice and tight, um, the actual scrolling is not 100%. It's not Pixel, it's not iPhone, but... Apart from that, I've put my main SIM in uh, this V30 and I've started to use it as my main phone. The iPhone X has been, you know, sat in a drawer and yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm, I'm loving using it as a main phone because uh, up until recently, it had just been sat as a, uh, a phone that I've been using in the house and I hadn't taken it out. And of course, I do have a little story about this yes. when I wanted to take the first step into um, taking it out and about. I had to get my... Well, see, in fact, it's also a bit of follow-up on last podcast that me and you were together. Actually, no. Or was it actually? It was when I was speaking to Kev. And I was talking about getting my uh, brakes fixed on my car. Ah, when you were moonlighting, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's right. So I booked it into a local garage, which is absolutely fantastic. Bracknell Tyres, if anyone uh, lives near Bracknell, to get these uh, brakes fitted. And actually, I'll, I'll just... Uh, mention those a bit, those guys a bit more because they are fantastic. So I phoned them up and I said, BMW have told me I need brakes, pads and discs, which is always a bit of a long story. But Ooh. given that they'd said it, I thought I'd better replace them, but I'll just get it replaced in a, a third party garage. And they said, OK, well, we'll order those in, come in and get them done on uh, Monday, I think it was. Um, so I went down there. They said, great, we've got your pads and discs and we'll fit them on your car. And the guy came out and he said, um, well, I've put the new pads on front and back, but you just don't need discs. So you only have to pay for the pads. It's two, under 300 quid. Yeah, half what you um, thought. <laughs> yeah, half what I thought and probably, you know, two-fifths of what uh, BMW were going to charge me. So I think that's a real result. So anyway, Bracknell Tires, fantastic service. They always do stuff like that. They never um, rip you. I've never found them to rip me off anyway. And, and let's face it, an, an honest garage is well worth having and well worth yeah. the business, isn't it? Yeah. So, sadly, far too far away from me, I'm afraid. But but nonetheless, good luck to them. And uh, let's hope that, that something comes of it. Yeah. In fact, whilst we're on this subject, even though it's a diversion, I think it's really uh, interesting. Um, had exactly the same issue at Honda Garage uh, when I had my Civic. One of my brakes uh, was coming up uh, needing to be replaced. Again, pads and discs on one corner. And I took it down to Bracknell Tyres and they came back to where I was waiting because I was expecting them to have to replace the pads and the discs. And they said, um, actually, your brake pad was just misaligned in all of the uh, housing. And so I've put the brake pad back on, refitted it, lined it all up. And now it's fine for another X thousand miles. Yeah. And they didn't charge me a penny for that. Wow. 
Well, yeah, incredible, that, isn't it? That's definitely what you want. Good for them. I, I, I hope you, you know, took them a bottle of something at Christmas or something. Cause it's yeah, a... I meant to uh, in my head, but to my shame, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we've, bad, we've, we've outed you now, so you're yeah, going to have to make amends. Yeah, I should do, really. So I was sat in the I was sat in the waiting room uh, on Monday, and the guy. Oh no! So I sat in the waiting room. What do you do? You want to play with your phone? And I'd um, got this V30, and I'd put the SIM in it, my my um, main SIM, and I was sort of you know about to get down to some serious Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it whilst I waited for my car to get fixed, and nothing was working, what and it had a little cross above the. Uh, signal bar and i thought oh, this is annoying because this is the first time i've tried to actually put a sim in this uh believe it or not so i popped it out swapped it to the other sim position put it back in had a look i was going through all the settings and it seemed to suggest that it was locked sinking feeling time very sinking feeling and one of the pages that i actually sent to you was saying it was perm locked yeah, which sounds and very, thought, very bad. <laughs> sounds very, very bad. And in fact, when I put my personal main phone in there, I was expecting it, if it was locked, to say, no, your phone's locked, so you need to type in an unlock code. Yeah. It wasn't doing that. So I was my all the blood was draining from my body because I'd got it from uh, eGlobal, which I know uh, comes with uh, some... You have to have some trepidation, I think it's fair to say, because uh, it often takes a long time to arrive. You don't quite know whether um, it's coming from China or Hong Kong or somewhere like that. You don't know whether you're going to get a bit of duty charged or something like that. And also, if something went wrong, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's not going to be easy to sort out, like you're buying it from an Apple store or something like that. So yeah, yeah. my heart is absolutely sank and... Um, I got home and I thought, okay, I need to do a little bit of Googling. And I Googled that on LGs, you can prompt the network log, network lock, uh, unlock prompt. So I forced that and I paid, I think it was six or seven pounds for an unlock code of uh, the first entry that uh, Google gave me. And would you believe it? It did unlock. Uh-huh. So now I have a fully functioning phone, uh, and I'm really happy with it. But you had, a, a, as I recollect it, a fairly um, tense few hours. It was very <laughs> tense, because I just thought, if this doesn't work, I'm essentially lumbered with a paperweight or, you know, a several-month oh, project a to try phone. and... Uh, be, it would be a bit like having a, a rabbit phone. Do you remember the rabbit phones? Yeah, they you know, kind of worked where, where like worked a 10 metre distance yeah, from the transmitter. From the special base station. So you'd, <laughs> yeah. you'd have had a phone that worked as long as you could find the cloud ah, or O2 yes, Wi-Fi true. or something like yeah. that. Actually, that would be an interesting experiment. I guess do, that's do, the whole... You know, I just thought that as I was saying it. Wouldn't it just be to, to go out with, a, with just to you know, use public Wi-Fi for... A... Yeah. Although, of course, you wouldn't have a phone number to be called on, would you? But then, uh, again, that would be a bit like the old rabbit phone, I suppose. Yeah, and you could use Skype if you wanted a um to get called no no do it properly a proper you know proper sip phone okay yeah no it's a good challenge but anyway i was very happy with that and, I'm, I, um, i'd have been very happy with that at the same yeah. time as being very annoyed but i'd have been very happy yeah so um i wanted to use it another little thing that i have sort of discovered i wanted to use it naked because i do think naked phones feel so much no, better than that, but no no i just slip back and i just think yeah but what if it got 
chipped and what if it got scratched so it has ended up in the obligatory clear tpu case and it's got a glass screen protector on it actually, actually i gotta say my, my biggest reason for a case is because then i can put a wrist strap on it and that means that when i'm uh, on holiday or something i can hold on to it taking photos without fear of dropping it and and, but, and and that actually saved me a nokia 1020 when i was in america it would otherwise have uh, gone in the harbor in uh, cambridge maryland but by the time you've put one of these TPU cases on it, you can drop them anyway, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But if you're in the harbour, James, it's a bit hard to get it out. Ah, of <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the whole reasoning, really. Was that? Yes. That he, I was I was you know taking this picture of this beautiful sort of little harbour with you know yachts and whatever else in it, and the phone just basically spun in my hand, and, and, and my my heart had one of those sort of, oh my god moments, and then I thought, thank goodness for that, it's got a strap on it, so it was fine. But uh, it wouldn't have been otherwise. No, you do get that sense of vertigo, don't you? Whenever you lean over a ledge yeah. with a phone and you think, oh, I could drop this at any moment. Let's hope that I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Ab- absolutely so. One of the things that I, th- I thought was interesting is um, getting screen protectors on the V30 has always been a little bit difficult, I've found, because the screens aren't particularly flat. No. So you try and apply one and you just get bubbles that there's no way you're going to squidge out because the screen is physically concave or convex or a mixture of the two across the surface of the phone so i was amazed when i was just you know going through all these screen protectors from amazon try and find one that fit best and one fit with no bubbles no little uh, dust marks and all the rest of it and i thought oh this is weird this is applied perfectly and um subsequent to that i noticed that the blacks aren't 100% black as you would perhaps expect on the screen and then when I removed it off my old V30 that did this exact same screen protector because this is the one that I've settled on I noticed something and it only has adhesive around the edge so this actual screen isn't stuck to the screen if that makes sense the screen protector is not stuck to the screen it's it's like glued down around the edges basically yeah and what that means is that obviously it's air there's an air gap a a tiny air gap there and it doesn't have to worry about um, making continuous contact all the way across. It's very interesting because it's the first one I've seen that does that. And the reason why I think it's the first one that does that is because it's these screen protectors which have got a border, a black border around them. And I've always avoided those thinking, well, that's a bit rubbish. I'll just get a clear one. But maybe all the screen protectors with a black border around use this technique where they just glue the tops, the sides and the bottom and um, they don't actually glue in the middle of the uh, screen protector. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just, looking, I'm just looking at my V30. You've got a black border around the edge of the screen. A black border around the edge of the screen protector. I mean, there's hardly anywhere for a black border to be on the V30. No, exactly. It's, it's a few it's a few mil up yeah. the top, and then it's maybe... Three at the most on the bottom, one, I thought. Yeah, and then maybe one <clears> mil <throat> on the sides. Yeah. But I can see that the adhesive does actually go into the clear for another half a mil mil on either side it's diff- yeah if you imagine it it's basically probably a millimeter of uh, or two of adhesive round the edge and it's uh, n- none in the middle but it works really well on mm. this uh, v30 to combat the problem of having this uneven screen so whilst what you lose in having an absolute black because it's like a couple of degrees off which whilst i was using my old v30 i thought was a nature of the screen but as soon as I took the screen protector off, you could see that it was as black as any other AMOLED screen. 
which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I was but I think really it's lucky. worth the compromise. It, uh, it took me ages to find a decent screen protector the V30. You know, I did eventually find a clear one, and, and actually, I was I was going to say, and it went down perfectly, and I've not had any problems since. And damn it, since I started talking to you, I've noticed that one of the corners has started <laughs> to lift, and it's all yeah. your fault, James. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll take responsibility for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I never you can't. I mean, you can't beat a really nicely fitted glass no. screen protector on something like uh, an iPhone no, where no, no, the no. screen is really nicely flat and you can get a totally perfect fit. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I I, I actually um, went to the stupid expense of getting Apple put the uh, screen protector on my yeah, iPhone 10. probably worth it, yeah. Well, they they did such a good job of it on, on one of my friend's phones. I thought, gosh, you know, it doesn't really matter how well I do it. It's never going to look quite as good as that. And it, it just looks like it's an integral part of the phone. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, really is superbly well done. So, so that's what that's what I, I did. So, so you're now doing an interesting experiment that really I'd love to be able to do, and that is to make you know, move to Android. Yeah. See, uh, I, I, I have this real problem with this because um, on one hand, I like tinkering with um, with Android, and on the other hand, I'm completely addicted to my Apple Watch. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm still wearing my I'm still wearing my Apple Watch disconnected as a watch. So yeah, it well, doesn't really do much, except um, it obviously does all the alerts once I'm in the home and I'm in range again. Um, but it doesn't really do much during the day. But it's, I'm kind of just feeling it out, you know, seeing how things go. I'll put, I can't imagine that I'll stay on the V30 totally. I think I'll probably go back to the uh, iPhone X, but it's definitely fun playing about with the Android as the main phone. I, I always fool myself I can go to Android, but there are really two things, I think, that have me tied into to iOS. One is the watch, yeah. uh, and the other is um, uh, the, simp- uh, the simple fact is that I, I don't think Google Pay is as anything quite to... to no, God, I'll get the thing. There is nothing on Google Pay that is as easy to use as the iPhone ten on Apple Pay. So that's one thing I haven't set up on the V30 yet. So what's the mechanism, typical mechanism on you just un- workflow? You unlock the phone one way or another and um, touch it on the keypad and away you go. It's very nearly the same. Um, it's just that with the iPhone, of course, you literally look at it and touch it on the pad and away you go. It's, it's yeah. only very little thing. It's just, I suppose, it depends what you get used to. I've got very used to the the um the iPhone method and it, it works beautifully effectively. Um Google Pay um, no I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to, to defame it. Far from it. It, it definitely works and, and you know I, I used it and, and whatever but I find Apple Pay a bit more satisfying really and I, I can't I can't quite put my finger on why because sort of intellectually I much prefer the idea of Android but in terms of practice I, I noticed this on holiday I took my iPhone 10 on holiday and, and my V30 and 95% of the time probably I used the V30 hardly touched the iPhone got back got back home started working and completely reversed the percentages almost straight away that's worth saying, actually, that I always leave my iPhone at home when I go on holiday, partly because of the cost. You know, these new iPhones are, are top-end expensive. Yep. And partly because I value the utility when I'm on holiday. You know, if I'm on holiday, I might be swapping a memory card out or, you know, swapping SIMs about. And, you, you know, it's just that, that that end of things is more hassle than it's worth on an iPhone. And, you know, with the Androids, you tend to have the, a bit more flexibility in the cameras as well. And and the other thing that you can get on Android that I would dearly love on an iPhone is a dual SIM phone. 
Yeah. And, and there, there's two reasons for that. One is because uh, when you're abroad, uh, okay, we don't have the delights of roaming costs back again, but we're going to soon. So that's always a good idea for a local SIM. But equally, I have a, a, a personal uh, SIM card and a business SIM card. And it's quite nice if you've got a dual yeah. SIM phone. You work with two in the, in the one phone, different ringtones, and you know what, you know which which one's calling you and whether you're ignoring it or not. Yeah. And um and and of course there is no iPhone that has dual SIM, which I I would very much like to see. Al- although I now have a new and rather irritating problem, in as much as you might know that I have uh, two businesses, or at least I have a business and I have a, a half share in another one. Um, and my business partner has decided to do away with the landlines in the other business and give everybody a a, a mobile. <laughs> Which so means another I, sim you've got to juggle. Means, yes, I now have two work mobiles and a, and a, a personal one, which is just a ludicrous number of phones to carry around. So yeah. I, I, I really have to have something that's dual sim now because I, I just don't want to carry three phones. It's you know, two I quite quite happy with, but three is somehow too many. I was thinking about this as well because you know it's quite typical in India and China to have dual sim models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is an area of interest for Apple. So I don't think it's completely off the table for uh, Apple to come out with maybe their next SE or yeah, yeah, you know, that, then maybe that middle-sized uh, iPhone X. Maybe they'll do a dual-SIM version of that just for the Indian and Chinese markets. So yeah, I can uh, kind of see it happening just because of the nature of the world these days. I, I could see it happening too. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, how many more... Uh, dual SIM phones are made by the the, the more Western orientated manufacturers now than they were yeah. a few years ago. I mean, I've, yeah. got a, I've got a U11 here that's dual SIM. Uh, my V30 Plus is dual SIM. Um, I've got a Nokia 8 that's dual SIM. Uh, the Samsungs. And, uh, yeah. They, if you buy them from the Samsung store, they're they're at least available as dual SIMs. Dual SIM and the Huawei P20 Pro is dual SIM, uh, or at least there is a dual SIM variant that that I mean three sell it, or you can buy it directly from Huawei. Yeah. Um, so it does seem, and, and certainly the other thing I've noticed is that if you go to France, for example, most phones sold a dual SIM in France, as far as I can gather. They certainly certainly if you want a dual SIM variant and you can't find one, for example, on Amazon UK, have a look on Amazon FR. Um, yeah. Very often, but but both both Apple and Google haven't, as far as I can see, explored the dual SIM possibility yet, and and I'm kind of hoping they both do this autumn. Yeah, I think Google are always going to. Yeah, I said this before, but I think they're always going to be a couple of steps behind Apple. I mean, look at the the leaks of the Pixel threes. You know, they've put a notch on. Yeah. You know, unless they've put a a massive sensor in there, that's just flagrant copying they've gone to a glass back you can bet your bottom dollar that that's wireless charging i mean it's just pathetic really which of course google had some while ago didn't they yeah yeah and then then they they, they dropped it for no no apparent reason um but but yeah it 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 does seem to be a trend in fact i was just thinking my um my gemini is dual sim in a way although you can't actually use the second one at the moment because it's got an e-sim in there and and it's interesting because on the screen you can see both SIM cards. They're both available. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, so, like, I've got one that says uh, 4G signal, that's on, on 3, and, and the eSIM says no service. Uh, and at the moment, there is no way of configuring it. But, I mean, I guess that could, could change in the not-too-distant future, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. An interesting device in various respects, the Gemini. And are you actually using it? 
A little bit. I haven't had so much of, um, of an occasion to use it of late. I mean, what I have in mind is that it would probably be quite useful on train journeys and plane journeys and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'll have a few of those coming up. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's certainly a nice device. It's a good fun device to play with. It does bring back lots of memories of the Scions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I just wince when I sometimes hear certain podcasters talking about it, you know, and, and um, very difficult to use it as a phone. I can't see why anybody in their right mind would use it as a phone. And, and, no. And similarly, a camera. Uh, who wants a who wants a clip-on camera attachment on a, on a clamshell device with no screen? I mean, you just—I don't think you're ever going to buy this. You're telling to use it as your primary device. At least, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I, that certainly wasn't the basis I bought it on. I no. bought it always on the basis it would never be a primary device. It's got one of those um, three SIMs that gives you 200 megabytes of data free a month for nothing um, in there, and of course there might be an occasion when I do stick some data on there. That's what three is working on, I'm sure. Um, but, but as a primary device, you've got to be kidding. Nobody in their right mind would want it as a primary device. Even, even, even if you go to 2000, Motorola pulled out of the project to produce one for Scion, didn't they, with a built-in phone? Now, okay, there was no 3G then and whatever, but, but, you know, it, it wasn't a, a brilliant idea then, and it isn't a brilliant idea now to use it as a primary device. As a secondary device, yeah, I still think I'm going to get a lot of use out of it. Yeah, I was tempted with the Wi-Fi only version, which I think was 299 rather than 399. Um, yeah, that was dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you could be right there. Yeah, and that was much more—I don't know if it's much more appealing to me. I just didn't see the need to put a three G modem in something like that because you're always going to—you know—it's not as if you're not going to have your phone around. No, and I whilst, think that's true. I mean, it is. I mean, I've got three G on my uh, iPad Air, and yeah, that's nice, but it is very much a luxury. It's not something that I would consider a necessity on a secondary device. It's just one less bit of faff. But then if you're using it regularly, it's one more SIM that you've got to maintain and keep data on, especially if you're going to use it over the 200 meg free allowance. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I suppose why would I give it? Well, the simplest and most honest answer is because I like like uh, gadgety sort of things. Yeah. But, I, but equally, um, I had um, about 500 US dollars on one of these prepaid uh, debit cards from last time I went to America. Now, we didn't spend it all because the last part of the holiday we were both unwell, so we sort of basically spent three or four days in in the hotel reading books, actually, mm. um, which meant we had some money left over, and I thought, well, if I get these dollars off here, I'm going to get charged for it. Hang on a minute. Why don't I have a go at this project? Now, of course, I ought to know better, having subscribed to the Jolla tablet, um, <laughs> but, but to be fair... Um, Planet Computers did eventually come up trumps, although they, they did really rather annoy me because they had my phone in stock three weeks before they felt like sending it to me. And that, mm. was, that, that was because they waited until they got all the accessories I ordered and sent them together. Um, yeah, that's it, a bit annoying, isn't it? Well, it, it, it was because they kept sending me messages saying, yeah, it'll be with you in two or three days, and it wasn't. And as luck would have it, it arrived the morning before I went on a fortnight's holiday. And I thought, well... I'm not going to take this on holiday because I don't know, you know, don't really get the use. Uh, I haven't had the experience with it, um, and I don't know whether it will do what I need it to do on holiday. I think it probably would have done, um, and it wasn't a calamity. I took the Pixel C and its keyboard, which, is, as you know, is a, a very nice device. But I think if I'd had it for a week, ten days beforehand, I might well have said, "Yeah, I'm going on holiday. I don't really want anything bigger than this. I, I could quite happily deal with this, that, and the other on there, and and gone with that." So I, I was quite frustrated by that, if I'm absolutely honest. I, I think they have a a little bit to learn on that that side of things, you know. I mean, if if you've got somebody's device in and, and not their accessories, well, how about saying, "Would you like a device and we'll send the accessories in three weeks' time?" Yeah. Um, even even if they'd said to me, "But if you do that, it'll cost you an extra tenner in postage," I would have gone for it. 
it wouldn't have been a problem to me. But but no, they've done a good job of this. Yeah, it's a first generation product. Yes, it has it has a few issues, but I can certainly live with the issues. Uh, and and on the whole, I very much enjoy using it. So you know, be nice if we had a fingerprint scanner. Going back to the days of having to log in with a, a pin number is a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, it's that's the one thing that's it's a total necessity these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's a first gen product. You know, given given credits where it's due, it's the first time any anybody's produced a, a, a device like this in how long? Fifteen years. Yeah, and it's weird that it's been so long. I always think that a you know small keyboarded device. I always used to love the netbooks. Yeah, I love these Android tablets that you can um, have nice keyboards on. It, it surprises me that it, there's not a roaring market for them, but. Presumably, there isn't a roaring market. Otherwise, uh, we'd see more of them. Yeah, I mean, I assume that must be right. I mean, I I was really quite surprised on on holiday. I took the Pixel C and keyboard, um, and that's because uh, although I've got an iPad which I like a lot, I, I tend to use the iPad for more, uh, I guess, more entertaining sort of things. Whereas the Pixel C, uh, this, this this will cause a few people to raise their eyebrows, I guess. I find I can work better on the Pixel C than mm. on, than on the the iPad, and I. Don't really know why, but it just worked nicely. It was, you know, I was very happy with it. The, the single biggest problem with the Pixel C actually was quite a really good laugh, and and that is, um, I don't know if you remember, but it has a really powerful magnet in it. Yes. Yeah. So so I, I put it in the safe in the hotel room, and it welded itself to the yeah. bottom of the safe. Yeah and, yeah. and and it probably took me a quarter of an hour, literally, to prise it off the bottom yeah. of the, the safe. And of course, I was being very careful not to scratch it. Um, yeah, we used that. to have we used to have some of those at work, oh. uh, those Pixel Cs, and they would uh, get stuck to under desks and things like yeah. that. It was uh, most and amusing. Quite incredible magnet. I mean, it really was. And of course, the problem it is in like a hotel safe, the the, the bottom is sort of recessed, isn't it? So it, you yeah, couldn't, it, it couldn't very really really get hands your hands in. in that easy to, to no. pry it off. And uh, and um, and of course, I was afraid of damaging it as well. Yeah. Um. So after that, it went in the safe, but in a cloth bag. <laughs> <laughs> which which was oh, in, nice. enough enough to de- purchase enough to defeat it yeah but um but no, the first night as well but no I I I I am surprised there aren't more keyboard items I agree with you there are and actually there are some beautiful um uh, Android tablets and keyboards um yeah there's a slight like question for you uh, you you like the Apple uh, wrap round keyboard for the iPad Pro don't you I do I love that yeah see I, I I've only tried one very briefly but I couldn't get on with it I, 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 and I wonder you know I wonder what what it was that was wrong so you'd say give it another go would be what I'm guessing oh, you'd definitely. say I mean I use my iPad Pro all the time because it's my kind of um sofa device and that keyboard is just fantastic and um I would be perfectly happy with that keyboard on a laptop so if Apple wanted to cure their, you know, dust and crumbs getting into their keys on their keyboard, for me, I would be perfectly happy with that membraned keyboard that they put on the uh, iPad Pro iPad Pro cover. Mm. I would definitely give it another go, definitely, especially if you've got a Pro. I think it's a kind of a necessity. It's a shame because it's expensive, but it's a kind of necessity, I think. That's interesting. Um, hmm. All right. Well, maybe I'll give that one a bit of thought after we've been... Um been chatting i mean it it certainly is true that you want something lightweight not bulky if you're traveling whether that's um 
holiday or or work and and if like me you're you're self-employed you you're never really properly on holiday i mean i i usually have a sort of an hour a day where i'm replying to important emails and mm. and you know enough to keep people happy while i'm away um so i do need something that i can type on reasonably well check the odd thing out access files on dropbox that sort of thing um i, I think mean, the, i think if you want to go real pro ipad user then Using the blue, you know, the standard Apple Bluetooth smaller keyboard is probably the way to go because that has. I mean, I will admit that that is a better keyboard. The feel on that is nice. What you mean the the Bluetooth sort of metal magic keyboard. Uh, magic. magic keyboard? Yeah. So not the um, the previous generation, which was a little bit more, it was a bit wider. It's the little dinky one that they used to bundle with the uh, iMacs and things. IMac. Yeah. The trouble with that is that's not really very. Small, was it? No, and that, and that's the issue. But yeah, I mean, I think the answer is nobody's quite to come out with the perfect thing. But but I was pleasure pleasurably surprised by the um, the Pixel C. It was yeah. I, I, I thought, shall I take this? I thought, yeah, let's give it a go. And and I wasn't disappointed to be honest. So I was disappointed when mine started going wrong, and I said I had to send it back. And um, the other thing I found with it was it didn't do very well on standby, which I think they should have nailed. You know, the, I, I always love that about a, a full-size iPad is that if you don't turn them on for a week, they've still got still battery power. left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas I found with the Pixel C, if I left it a week, it was probably dead. Mm. And in fact, even I de-crapified a Samsung uh, Tab S tablet, and that has now got the same battery life as an iPad. I took so much stuff off it that it actually... Um, will hold a charge over a week or two. It's incredible. That's that's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I've been following the the story of um, Steve Litchfield's Samsung, which um, obviously not a tablet, it's the S nine. But have you have you noticed the last three or four days he's been getting impatient with? lag and things building up and whatever else and, and part of me is not surprised about this but uh, you know it, it's interesting the way it sort of seems to be growing to a halt now he's been using it for a while that's interesting i always thought that was a, a wives tale that in terms of um, them getting slower over time but maybe it is true the thing about this um, samsung tablet that i was going to say is there was a lot less stuff on there than you would get on a modern phone this is quite an early generation um, Tab S. was mm. the first generation Tab S, in fact. So I had to, I mean, admittedly, it took ages to get rid of all the stuff on there, but um, there wasn't half as much stuff as there is on a, on one of the modern, more modern phones. That's interesting. I mean, I've I got to say, I must be the world's, either the world's most tolerant person or else the, per- the person who u- uses Android phones in some different way, because I, I don't think I've ever noticed lag, but then I don't play games on phones. I don't load them up with masses of stuff in the memory. Um, I've probably got a core of 30 or 40 apps and a bit of music, and that's that's kind of about it. But, you know, I, I, maybe my eyes are so bad I don't notice the lag, but it, it, it's never... I can't think of any phone it's ever bothered me on, really. The thing about the word lag is it covers so many different things. So yeah. people can descri- people can use the word lag to mean the out-and-out speed of the device, yep. how long it would take to actually load an app and switch apps and things like that. You could describe lag as the delay that you get from the touch screen from when you do an action and it registering or when you start scrolling and it starts to scroll on the screen. And you can describe and you can use the word lag to mean how constant it keeps the frame rate of the scrolling. So if you sort of have a juddery scroll, you can describe that as lag. Mm. So there's at least three different behaviours 
that people just bundle into this whole thing that they call lag. It could also have something to do with the fact that I don't have uh, HDTV eyes as well, so it's um, possibly the case that my bad eyes are actually helping me not notice. Um, maybe. maybe. I, I, could, I, could, I could easily believe it. I mean, it's certainly true. I, I see people talking about headphones, and I, I suffer from tinnitus. Not terribly badly, but it's there all the time regardless. And, you know, there's no point in me spending a lot of money on headphones because I can't tell the difference. <laughs> That's the honest truth of it. Um, it. It could just be I don't notice it. It, it, may, mm. it, may, it may be that it's there, but it, it, it isn't there enough that it's bothering me. That's for sure if it is. So, but, Okay, so you're saying that if you were to have a classic, let's think, like a, a Galaxy S4 that's been loaded up with loads of apps and games for six months, and you had a iPhone, uh, a modern iPhone, let's say. I know that's not fair, but we want to show a difference. Are you telling me you couldn't tell the difference between how responsive and smooth it was as you were navigating around the screens? Well, I, I disagree with your, your choice in the first place because you said load it with lots of apps and games. I mean, I literally don't put any games on any phone, so I, I wouldn't really know. But no, I don't suppose it would seem anything like as fluid as, um, say, an iPhone 10 or, or an iPhone 8. But whether it would be so slow as for me to think, well, this is absolutely unreasonable, I don't know. I, I, well, that's, I, you know, that's, that's, that's right, because I think I, I sort of mentioned earlier that whilst the LG isn't as out-and-out responsive and out-and-out fluid as an iPhone X or a, um, a Pixel, a Pixel 2, I should say, it's good enough. It's absolutely good enough. And for me, I don't think that um, uh, I need... The, the smoothness and the responsiveness of the iPhone X or the Pixel, it would be nice, but I can, I'm happy to have all the other benefits of the wide angle camera and the nice headphone noise and the general shape of it, the additions that LG puts onto uh, the software. I, I, I'd rather have those than a Pixel and have the out and out smoothness and responsiveness of the screen, personally. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I as a as a generalisation, I, I, my problem with the pixels is they're boring. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, you know, I do very much like, for example, HTC Sense. I think they've done a, a really good job of it. Whereas it's just something about about the um, I've bit of now set off something going on making noises. Sorry, chaps. Um, yeah, there's something about that about, for example, the the U11 that uh, you know, I, I just like the interface. I like how fast it is. It's clean. It's very um, irritating when it makes lots of noises. Shush. Well, you said you didn't play games. It sounds like you're playing Mario no, or Sonic in no, the background. No, uh, unfortunately, what happened was I hadn't realised that I'd had it in flight mode and I've switched it on. And now, I, now every every app is updating about a week's worth of updates because it's I've just charged it up. Um, I just love the interface on it. I think it is so much nicer than than LG's for that matter or Samsung's. Um, to me, one of the biggest sadnesses is the sort of gradual demise of HTC who keep producing great devices that nobody buys. I don't really know why. They always did that. Yeah. They, apart from the the uh, HTC Desire. Ah, oh, there was a phone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They HTC have always been a second... I don't know if this is controversial or not. They've always been a second-tier uh, manufacturer. They never compete... I don't think they ever competed with Samsung on the areas that mattered to me, which was, you know out and out spec 
when we were when every bit of spec made a difference a bit like the old computer days yeah. where a better cpu more ram better you know expansion capability it all mattered back then and the camera cameras have always been better historically in my opinion with samsung's okay maybe that changed a bit with the m7 where it got where the htc started doing things a little bit differently they started experimenting but you know, I um I don't lament HTC's current position because I I have never really been a massive fan. I I think I'd have to say um, the, the camera has been a bit of a disaster really because um, every year HTC puts out a, a phone with a decent camera but not quite a market leading one. Yeah. So I remember getting the M9. And that was actually a pretty good camera. And by the time they'd finished uh, updating and tweaking, it was quite a good camera. But it wasn't. Let's just get this right. It's a big Galaxy S7, would it? Or S6? No, it'd be S6, wouldn't it? The, the camera with the, the, the M9. It's always been nearly there, but not quite. And the result every time uh, is they, they, you know, they, they can't use it as a selling point. Or, or the other thing that they've got wrong so many times is they bring out their flagship six weeks after Samsung, by which time Samsung's have, have their, their device on every billboard in, in every corner of the country and, and basically got the new phone market. So, um, yeah, I, I think their demise is probably maybe even unavoidable, but I, I'm still very sad about it. Yeah, yeah. but the, the other thing that we should bear in mind is that people have been saying that HTC are on the verge of going bankrupt for five years. And up until fairly recently, they've always made a profit, albeit a very small profit. Yeah. And, you know, they have just got a big cash injection from Google. So, you know, and they've just, um, they've re organized their organization recently as well they've laid off a load of people but i wouldn't be surprised if they carried on for another few years i don't know why people keep expecting them to drop dead any minute well, what what um expertise have they got in phones now didn't they sell that off to google or is that just part of what they sold didn't they just sell the they sold whatever it was half of their engineering um that happened to be looking after the google project so i wouldn't be surprised if there's enough people there to keep it going i mean you look at how many people it took to get all the other phone brands out that are slightly uh, less big uh, brands like uh, I was going to say OnePlus but obviously they're uh, part of a bigger parent organization but you know even that Swift was who does the Swift um, oh um, Wiley Fox Wiley Fox you know that's a, a very small organization or the Gemini you know you just have to cut your cloth accordingly and uh, HTC were never making their own stuff they were always buying everything in you know, they weren't making their own screens, making their own CPUs, making their own RAM, which is the advantage that Samsung have always had. Yeah, that's undoubtedly true. I mean, and, and HTC, of course, got into the whole game, didn't they, originally, by producing the first uh, Windows mobile phone. Yeah. Um, so they, they have certainly chopped and changed, I mean, along, along the way. But yeah, they made they, the they, uh, Facebook phone, didn't yeah, they? They made yeah. uh, um, loads of Nexuses. They've made the, the very first Android phone. Yeah, the um, well, what that was it now? T-Mobile G- thing. Yeah, the G one. G one. That's it. Um, but they do sort of kind of seem to be fading away. I mean, the the U U twelve. I haven't heard a good review of it yet. Have you? No. Is that the one where the um, the buttons peel off? Because I saw that and that looked woeful. Yeah, that's the one with the buttons around the side. Which aren't either, as far as I can gather, they don't respond when you want them to respond, uh, or else they do respond when you don't want them to respond. Yeah, that sounded like a terrible idea that should have stayed on the drawing board. Yeah, 
Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you have you used um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, you know, on on all the pixels where you can squeeze them. Uh, no, I just turn that off. I use it. I try and use it for a couple of weeks, and then I think, mm, yeah. no, it's I mean, kind of okay for bringing up the. Uh, Google Assistant, if I used the Google Assistant all the time, I could imagine it being quite useful, but... Mm, it's yeah. interesting, you, you do exactly what I do. I mean, that that appears on the uh, U11 too, and, and that's the first thing I did was turn it off. Yeah, I mean, you could map it to the camera maybe, that might make it useful. Yeah, I don't know, you can actually. Or maybe you can on the Pixel, I'm not so sure, but... Um... Oh, I thought the HTC was the one where you could customise what it launched. I shall, I shall have to have a look, wouldn't I? Yeah. So back to the V30. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. this is my this was my second one, and therefore I had a spare one. Yeah. So it then that coincided with getting an email back end of last week saying, "Okay, it's the old eBay three pound selling fees." No, oh, grand. They never sent me one. <laughs> so I, yeah, I get keep getting sent these, and I got sent another one for this weekend, which is great because um, <laughs> if you're selling through eBay and it's only costing you three quid plus the PayPal fee, then it's not too bad. Exactly. So uh, I listed out, what was it? Seven things literally at, you know, half an hour before this offer ended. I I had to rush them out, but what you can do is you can list them with the bare minimum information. Then you can put the photos and the details in later. You've got 30 days on these uh, auctions and you still only get charged the three quid. But of course, so, if, you, if you list them at bargain prices, they sell first, don't they? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I I made a couple of miscalculations, I think. But the interesting thing was I put seven items on and three sold with only one picture, which was a lot, which was a wide shot of all of the box, the phone and the um, headphones all set out uh, and no description. No description at all. Yeah. Can you imagine buying something like that? But I'd done it because I thought, let's just get it out there. I thought I'd put the prices on the high side so that um, I'd have a little bit of time to go back and uh, put all the extra bits and bobs in and then start creeping the price down. So I thought I was looking pretty. And so what happened was within minutes, my beloved Lenovo P2 sold and I put it on there for 150 Mm. And I could see that um, because it was only 200 quid when it came out. Yeah, those things things are quite hard to get your hands on. Yeah, yeah. So a mint one, I saw couple of mint ones go for like 230 and this was mint so uh, the person buying it has obviously got a good bargain but yeah that's because i i normally am pretty fastidious checking what the sold prices are for these items but yeah i didn't on that p2 so that mm. went pretty quickly if you if you have to rush then you you're kind of stuck aren't you yeah so that's gone for 150 then i had a would you believe it uh, a galaxy s4 mini that <laughs> went for 50 quid which i think is pretty good Price. Yeah, 50 quid for that. Oh, not yeah. Good. And I I just thought after I'd sold it, did they think they're getting an S4, which I kind of would think would roughly be worth about 50 quid. But an S4 Mini, I mean, it's fairly painful to use one of those these days. Yeah, it's not uh, not got a lot, lot to offer, has it really? No. And then the third one that sold without prompting was the V30, which was on for 375. Given that you can get new ones for that if you're willing to wait for the delivery... I thought that that wouldn't, you know, fly off the shelf so much, but it did. And that, again, no description, just one picture. And, (laughs) of course, this is the one that I mentioned to you previously, got bought by someone with zero feedback. So this has made me a little bit nervous. Yes, well, yeah, let's hope that it all goes okay. I mean, what what was that person getting, just the phone? Or did it have all the bits and bobs with it? No, it's, uh, again, um, pretty mint condition, pretty good condition, 
uh, and all the accessories pretty much untouched really I, I don't te I tend to just have a whole set of USB-C chargers and lightning chargers around the house and therefore I don't bother unpacking each phone's particular charger and I know that that means that I kind of miss out on um, specially branded fast charges which are normally well maybe they're standardizing more these days but it used to be that to get the fastest charging on a phone you had to use the charger and the cable that came with it because it would mm. be some particular flavor of fast charge um, but I, I'm not too worried about that fast charging is not a big thing for me so I just have these um, standard chargers lying around on USB-C and micro USB and everything so I don't bother unpacking the accessories so I'm always selling uh, on eBay with all the accessories normally unused yeah, yeah, much the same with me. They 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 don't come out of the box. There's no no need for them, is there really? Uh, you just got your bank of chargers, and away you go. Yeah, so yeah, so I continue on that. Uh, I've still got a few devices up there. I'm having a proper clear out now, so this should leave me with um, not too much there. So uh, I've got my Nokia eight, which is very nice, but mm -hmm. has a few a uh, few things I'm not massively happy with it. The, the haptics on it are a bit twangy. I know yeah. that's like uh, very fussy, but that's yeah, what but, it is. But if that's, that's how you feel about it, that's how you feel about it, isn't it? And the screen is, whilst it has moved the buttons off the screen and they're um, capacitive on the on the bottom bezel, it's still 16 by 9. And I never thought I would be someone who now prefers the uh, 18, 19, 9 uh, aspect ratio, but I do, I think. So yeah, I, I definitely do. I liked it as soon as I tried it. Yeah. It just works. And this is coming from me who used to like the really squidged 16 by 10 yeah. ratio that you used to get on things like the Nexus 4. I used to yeah. love that. And I was a bit sad when everyone started moving to 16 by 9. I thought it looked a bit ugly. Um, but now that we're all happy with 16 9, I actually prefer the 18 9. And the other thing that's not brilliant about the Nokia 8 is the standard camera is not great, but you put the Google camera, the Google Pixel camera on there, and it is pretty good. And in fact, we've seen uh, our friend Leon create some great photos with the yeah. Nokia 8 and the Pixel camera. Absolutely absolutely great ones. And of course, this is, this is one of those things that, that it's dead easy to do, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you, you download an APK, you install the APK, and provided that you've got a phone that's compatible, and a good proportion of the, the current ones are, you've got the, the main advantages of the Google camera on, on your phone. In fact, that's that's what I use on, on the um, uh, U11 and on the V30 when I'm not actually yeah. trying to use a manual camera. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems to have somehow got a bit of currency. This is a tremendously difficult or geeky thing to do. And, and actually, no, it's not. There's a guy who, who curates uh, Google camera APKs because there are lots of people tweaking them to work better on different devices. Um and and he has a page that you can literally download the the uh, APK from. Uh, if you do it from your phone, the phone will ask you if you want to install. You might have to say trust the installer. The, yeah. yeah, which which I mean, yeah, there is a risk in that. It can't be denied. But I've not seen any suggestion from anywhere that there is a problem with any of these. Um, the web page says which ones are likely to be best. With a, you know, you don't have to look terribly hard to to see that that they boldface some of them as the the latest ones and. Some of them are prioritised towards one feature or another, and then hey presto, Google camera on your on your device. Now, I've I've only actually got one device that I can't do that with, and that's um, a, a HTC One M Nine that uh, I put uh, Lineage on, but that's because it doesn't have the underlying um, camera firmware. 
you know, you can't you okay. can't the API, yeah. The API, yeah. Um but other than that, you you've got this available for a good proportion of the phones out there. That the, yeah. the, the Snapdragon ones certainly. Some of the Samsung's people have, have written it for. You're gonna be a bit out of luck if you've got a Kirin chip in there, so so no Huawei's or, or um honors that I can see yet. Yeah. Um though I wouldn't be surprised if somebody isn't trying somewhere. Yeah. Um but it, it transforms just about every phone you put on it, doesn't it? It makes about I would say it makes about a five percent difference on the V thirty. And especially if you're pointing it into the sun, it makes a big difference. But on the Nokia 8, it makes a tremendous, it's like 10% better, which is just incredible. It just goes to show how much Nokia are leaving on the table there. And it's also interesting that I'm quite looking forward to Nokia bringing out a Xenon uh, equipped flagship, which they've been rumoured to do. But if they bought it out, six months ago or even now i'd probably think that their camera chops wouldn't be up to the task so i'm probably happy that they're keeping that back still this is that rumored nokia 9 Mm. uh, until they've got all of whatever they need to license whatever chops they need to skill up in you know they've got some way to go if they want their stock camera to operate well and i suppose this is the one thing that you don't get a lot of stock cameras will have special features in like saving to raw or um well the wide angle you can get around by having two separate camera apps normally you can't disable the camera app on the device so you end up with two cameras which is a bit annoying so i can see the benefits of sticking with the stock camera that comes with it but one of the interesting things about the nokia 8 i found was that you could disable the standard camera app, which I've never seen before on a, a phone, which is great if you want to load on a custom camera. No, I haven't seen that, actually. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So you literally can say, well, I want you to use the Google camera from now on, and, and that's what will happen. Yeah. Uh, I think, to be honest, on the Nokia, it prompts you, if you do a double click and you've got two installed, it'll say which one do you want to be the default anyway. But this just means that you can take the really rather shabby Nokia camera straight out of it. It does mean that you're wasting a lens because I'm sure the Nokia camera won't use the uh, second lens that that Nokia 8's got on there. But then the Nokia 8's one of those phones that I'm a little bit dubious that the second camera really does anything. Yeah, it's not um, not the greatest, is it? Although, of course, you've now got the nice nice old uh, Lumia camera interface on the on the Nokia 8, which is kind of a bit of a shame. Yeah, I thought it was a disappointment. What did you think? Well, the problem really with it is that, it, yeah, you've, you've got the interface, but it, it doesn't have a very good camera underneath it. No. Um, uh, and so you go to the Google camera and lose the interface. You choose an option with one of these rotating dials, and it would only have two or three steps on the dial. It's like, well, why have I, you know, what am I getting out of this? Not very much would seem to be the answer most no. of the time, wouldn't it? I mean, it's definitely the right direction that they should be going in. Yeah. They should be tweaking that camera app keep making it better, keep making that pro mode better and better, keep getting the basic photography getting better and better. And, you know, if they release a uh, a flagship with a really good sensor and they've got the software sorted, then that Nokia is going to be a really compelling proposition, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They're definitely going in the right direction. I mean, I've been really delighted by by the, the whole sort of progress, really, that they... They do seem to be okay. They're not. They're not the Nokia of old. Let's let's be honest. We know that that isn't the case. Um, but they are trying, I think, to get a lot of a lot of the good things out of old Nokia and and bringing them back to the market. And and so far, I think they're doing a great job. And you know, full, full marks. It's uh, it's definitely what I want to see. Uh, Nokia back in the game is 
is good news. Uh, funny enough, I, I, I realised the other day, I haven't, I haven't even looked for ages, but um, there's a, a wonderful website, um, which I'm sure lots of people know, by um, Zedge, which has probably about 200 different Nokia ringtones that people have got off oh, one old brilliant. Nokia or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I had a happy half hour playing with that the other day, and, and I keep thinking, yeah, I'll get around to installing some of those. Um, what I'd really like to be able to do actually is to get the uh, the Nokia Tones app off Windows Phone, which oh, yeah, yeah. It had every ringtone Nokia had ever produced up to about 2014, 2015 on it, and actually get that uh, converted onto um, to Android. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe maybe presently it will. The interesting thing about uh, the Nokia's is it's one of the brands that I see out and about because I'm always looking at what phones everyone's got, and I see several Nokia's around. Really? Yeah. Well, they've got quite a large market share, haven't they? Actually, yeah. Surprisingly so, I think. Yeah, so I think it's um, the benefit of having a cheap device, you know, like one of these Chinese phones, but with a trusted brand on it. It's uh, quite compelling. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, little things like, I have to admit that when I, when my Nokia 8 rang for the first time and it was it was a Nokia tune, mm. this is a, a remarkably sort of... Um, a remarkable nostalgia. Nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, quite incredibly so. You know, you, it's totally stupid, of course. Why would, you, why would anybody really be bothered? But, but there, there was definitely a sort of, oh gosh, a nice cozy, warm feeling. Yeah. For a, the next thing they need to do is they need to have the animation of the two fingers coming. Was it the two hands coming in that they used to have <laughs> it, <laughs> when you booted up? So two fingers, is that for Stephen Elop or something? Um, yeah, there, there was an animation, you're right. Um, I, and, and, and if I if I get my, my 808 off the desk here, where it probably... No, I don't think it would be. Anyway. I, think they, I think they did get rid of it for the later Symbian, so I think you'd have to uh, get out an early 6210 or something to uh, to see it in action. No, none of those. Left. Gosh, it's amazing. Holding, holding this 808 in my hand as it boots up, it feels tiny. Yeah. Um, and that's, the was... one, that's the one good thing about the Nokia 8, is you get that um, Fabia style design language actually it's not fabio is it it's the it's one of the other design languages that they had where it's like um fairly pillowy all around the uh, all around the back and fairly flat on the front but it's lovely in the hand i think that's only really my my only real uh, complaint about it actually it feels very light by comparison or lightweight even by comparison with some of the other phones it still works uh, and it still looks great in red yeah, definitely one of the one of the phones I shall certainly hang on to for a while. It, it won't be terribly long, I suppose, before it doesn't work on anything anymore. But well, I powered mine on the other day, my eight oh eight, and I couldn't get it to do much at all, which I was no. a little bit sad about. So you, feel- no, there, there won't be a lot you can do. It will there really? It, I mean, it will connect to my Wi-Fi, um, and it will it will still get my email because I've got a Google Google Apps account, uh, so it still works. But yeah, its day is gone. I mean, if you take a photograph with it now, it was totally amazing in its day. But a bit like Andy's been finding in Australia, you know, that, that he was saying, oh, uh, "I wish I'd had the, um, you know, the 950 with me that day, or or the 1020." But actually, here's what the Galaxy S9 did, and it's not so much so much worse than they would have done. In fact, I think most of the time you're not going to care about the difference. It's it's too small. Although, yeah. although I'm not so sure about the image processing on some of the recent phones. I mean, there's a lot of criticism of the S9 for being a bit sort of smeary. Um, the P20 Pro, I actually really rate the camera on the P20 Pro. Um, I, I do like it a lot. But it's, it's undoubtedly true it gets a bit excited about the sort of the, the bright colours sometimes and, and sort of completely overhypes them. Uh, I've got some, some pictures in Crete with 
yeah, the sky was very blue and the sea was very blue, but not as blue as the pictures look, not by not by yeah, any stretch of imagination. Yeah. That's um, the one thing I don't mind being exaggerated is the blueness of the sky because it's can look fairly drab the sky, can't it? Which um yeah. I always find a blue sky looks really nice. Oh, much nicer, yeah, yeah. Absolutely much nicer. It should be like a common feature though, shouldn't it? It should be the sky is white and grey. Do you want me to turn it into blue for you? It shouldn't really be applied without your consent. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, the thing about the um, P20 camera is at least you can suppress that um, sort of kind of overexcitement about it. But it, it yeah, there are, I've got most of the pictures I took from me on holiday I like very much and it did a good job with. But then there's the odd one or two where you look at the colours and you go, it wasn't anything like that. It's just, you've just gone totally mad. And, and, and I, I still get to get over what it sometimes picks things out as, you know, I mean, I don't know what it was, but it, it came up, it came up on screen and told me it was looking at a cat and it was actually, you know, something like a hedge. It wasn't, there was, yeah. there was no similarity between what it said it was and, and what it actually was. Um, but, but yeah, I like the P20 Pro. It's, um, I actually prefer it to the S9. Yeah, it was nice. I, I was nice in the hand. Um, and some of the photos that I've seen, I've only really seen on a, another mobile screen so i can't really do much pixel peeping but it a lot of the photos look fantastic on it but um when it was when it came out it was way too expensive in my opinion yeah fairly heavy software on there and no headphone jack so it was really not something that instantly appealed to me software not too bad uh no headphone jack irritating uh no chi charging irritating Screen beautiful, yeah. night nighttime camera unbelievable. I mean, how you can take a six second um, handheld night shot and have it as good as those, I don't know how they achieve that. I mean, that, mm. that to my mind is incredible, um, better than anything else I've ever used. Um, I didn't find the software that bad actually. Um, I must be honest, I, I, I liked it as a device, um, and yeah, I, 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 I'll still rate it. It's a, it's a good device. Um, I think I think Huawei have done a great job of it. Okay, so we're over an hour. Is there anything else that we need to cover off? Good golly. Uh, well, um, I think that's probably about it, isn't it, really? Yeah. That's that's not being very not being very adventurous, I know. I mean, we, we could see if we can get Dave on the show one of these weeks. So, yeah. Um, Andy will have finished gallivanting around somewhere presently, I suppose. Yeah, if he's um, uh, still with us, we can uh, track him down. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we'll search for him in the outback. Uh, and we can probably send Rich to track him down or something. So I think it's uh, a tech, it's probably... tech box special, isn't it? It's uh, the search for Andy. Yeah, the search for Andy Hagen. Yeah, that's true. That's that's not a bad idea. Uh, it's Andy. It's actually Andy's fifth wedding anniversary today. So happy anniversary to Andy yeah. and Holly. Happy anniversary. Uh, I'd you only find out about it in about ten days' time anyway. But uh, but no matter. Um, so I think really it's uh, it's down down to that time where we say if you've enjoyed the show, perhaps uh, you feel you'd like to support us in uh, looking after our friend Nick Ratcat. Uh, anything will help Nick. Um, uh, so if you can make a small donation, paypal.me slash ratcat, R-A-T-K-A-T. Uh, Nick will think of you often and uh, hope you're doing okay. Um, and I think it's probably time at that point to say good night all and uh, thanks for the chat, James. Yep. Cheers, Richard. See you later. Cheer now. Bye. Bye.